Every loss in the Stanley Cup playoffs is devastating, honestly. Um, it's never easy to bounce back, but like I said before, the 25 guys that we have in this room right now that are uh, coming in and working hard every day, 26 or however many it is, um, we know what it takes to bounce back from a game like that. Um, we know what it's like to be successful in the playoffs, and we're going to do everything in our power tomorrow. Got a good old-fashioned ass kicking tonight. I, I don't look at last night's game like uh, you know we we totally outplayed them and, and walked out of there robbed uh, in the game. You know I, I think we could have won that game. We did enough that we could have won it. But you know I, again I said at the beginning we didn't play well enough for long enough to make sure we won it. And um, you know I, I think we can be better and we have to be better. Bishy, bishy. Matter of will more than anything else. Um, Obviously, at times we were in front of the net and uh, we didn't get pucks through and we got pucks through and we weren't in front of the net. You saw way too many pucks last night and um, we made it really easy on Talbot. Uh, he had a good game, but we have to be better on those areas and uh, we have to try to get a lot more opportunities in those areas. Just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. We got a hold of Fred during the break the Dodgers with his mulligan and Ed is now mad at him for jinxing the Dodgers after being mad at him for picking against the Dodgers you'll never be happy no okay uh so that is Fred's mulligan now's your chance now is your chance to get qualified to win a pair of tickets to tonight's game for the Golden Knights and Wild plus you win a Golden Knights hat and a two-foot sub from Porta Sub. so you get the sub you get the hat and you're qualified to win tickets to tonight's game phone number is 702 364-1100. We're going to take caller number 12 at 702-364-1100. Again, two-foot sub from Porta Subs, Golden Knights hat, those are yours, and you are qualified to win a pair of tickets to the Golden Knights game against the Wild tonight, game two. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. Now, to go back to the Golden Knights. Two, oh, okay. Actually, let's start with the Call practice, three, Ed. Did you, did you think this was a big four, deal? Sorry. Wild win game one. Sorry. Minnesota Wild have a full practice that the players requested, but the Golden Knights, who lost game one, had an optional practice where none of the – Flurry and Leonard, neither of the goalies were on the ice. It was what, Yuri Patera apparently was the goalie on the ice. Like, Do you think it's a big deal that the Wild had a full practice that the players wanted and the Golden Knights did not? Well, about closing practice, I was not surprised because we got kicked out of T-Mobile the night before from the uh, security guard there who didn't understand writers actually right after the game. So I guess everyone's miscommunicating this week. Um, I expected... I actually expected more Minnesota. I didn't believe the 72 hits, but it was a physical game. So I expected both would have gone... Optional. And like I told... But like I told Sarah yesterday, I'm listening to the wild uh, coach talk. He's like, yeah, Cam came in 42 shots and we went for a workout. I'm like, how good a shape is that guy in? Like, I would have been like in the ice bath dying. Um, let me ask you this. Let's go conspiracy theory because everything seems to be kicking out and locked nowadays. Um, were they locked out because one Max Pacioretty was on the ice? So what you're referring to is that the media was not able to get into practice. There was when miscommunication. Practice there, yeah, was a, miscommunication. there was a locked door and yes. the media could not get into yeah. the actual where the rink is to watch the right. first roughly 15 minutes, whatever, minutes whatever. of practice. Um 
I don't. Why would they do that? Okay. All of a sudden, this happened. Not okay. all year, and all of a sudden, it happens. So, if Max Pacioretty skated is skating, wouldn't you just skate him after the media's gone, like or or before the media's even a lot? Like, probably I, to me, the idea that you would need to lock the door to hide Pacioretty just have there, there's there's 24 hours in a day. Right. The media is there for what 30 minutes? Like, just skate him some other time, right before, right, right. after. And it's like Ben said. It's like Ben said. Um, if he's probably playing tonight, they're kind of probably seeing him this morning anyway. I right. assume he's on the ice this you morning. You think so, if he's playing. So, <sighs> I don't know. To Miscommunication. Me, I, I don't think it was be they're hiding Pacioretty, but at the same time, the way the Golden Knights run their organization, <laughs> they're hiding something. They, if they don't deserve the benefit of the <laughs> no. doubt. Like when they lock the door and the media can't get in when they're supposed to, they don't deserve the benefit of the doubt of, oh, it was just an honest mistake and we forgot to unlock it or something like that. Like, the way they run the organization, it tends you to believe they're doing something. Like, we don't know what, but they're doing something. Like, I don't know. Cody Glass is back. He's the secret weapon. I don't know. But I don't. It, to me, it doesn't make sense for it to be Pacioretty. Like, it, it doesn't make sense because you could just skate him any other time of the day and, and not have to lock the media out. But again... Maybe that's it, because it could be something. <laughs> You'll love this. When we got kicked out of T-Mobile the other night, quick story, the writers got kicked out at 5 after the game, I think, ended at 4.45. But anyway, uh, the guy comes down, and I felt bad for him because we're shooting the messenger here. He's just telling us, hey, man, I, I'm sorry, I can't do it. And I'm like, yeah, don't shoot the messenger. Don't sh- uh, shoot this guy. When I was leaving, he was on one of those little walkie-talkies, and I heard him whispering, I got him out, boss. Like he literally was telling someone who was named boss that he has removed us from the arena. So that's when I really felt sorry for the guy because everyone's kind of mad at him. I'm like, this dude's just being told to tell that's us to leave. That's when you should have said, give me the walkie-talkie. Yeah, come Let on. Me Let talk me talk to, to, boss. to boss. Does boss know about <laughs> deadlines? <laughs> I got him out, boss. That was awesome. And then he kind of looked at me startled. I'm like, don't worry, dude. It's 5 o'clock. We'll be fine. <laughs> it's early in the day. All right. So... Odds to win the series. Uh, Dom Lucision of The Athletic has his odds for every game, percentage chance a team wins each game, but also percentage chance that a team wins a series, a team goes to the Stanley Cup, a team wins the Stanley Cup final. So before, before the series started, the Golden Knights had a 62% chance to win this series against Minnesota. After the loss in game one, that dropped down to 43%. Um what odds would you think that the Golden Knights have to actually win this series? I think the 43 is far more, this might sound silly, but it's far more in, indicative of how they haven't played well against Minnesota. Let's say let's say it was St. Louis, right? And you know the, the odds have worked out to where the Golden Knights won the division and then had to play St. Louis, and they lose game one. I don't think it's as low as 43%. Like, I think a lot of this has to, this team doesn't play well against yeah. these guys. They never have. I don't know if they ever will. I mean, so 43 still, for a team that supposedly at a lot of books was, if not the favorite to win the Stanley Cup, certainly among the top two to win the Stanley Cup, 43% after just one loss only tells me it's only because it's Minnesota. Right. I think if it's anyone else, it might even be over 50% still. Right. If they were playing St. Louis, yeah, it'd be it's over probably 50%. still over 50%, yeah. because you'd say they're, they're going to have no problem winning yeah. four of six games. I mean, Colorado's 1-1 the third last night. If they don't win, is it really? Do people really say, oh, they're not going to win the the series? But it is because it's Minnesota, because you view them much more equally, much more likely. As you should, actually, given the record. And so what is interesting, though, is the Golden Knights' odds to win the Stanley Cup right now are only 5%. Again, I think that's surprising. 
It's really low. I mean, have they gone from like what were they in the beginning of the seven percent before the season before the series started, according to Dom Lucid. Seven? Seven percent was their odds to win the Stanley Who was Cup. leading? Colorado. Colorado. The the pro so with Dom Lucision and a lot of people who do the analytics on hockey to pro- to produce probabilities, everyone views Colorado as this juggernaut that is on a different level than everybody else. So the problem for the Golden Knights is their path was they'd have to go through them second round right. against the team that everybody thinks is a juggernaut, which means you're if you don't get past them, you've got zero chance to win the Stanley. I know Cup. there's a lot of teams that we haven't seen that would also be in the discussion on that. Why do I think seven percent's low? Because there's so many teams yeah. involved? Yeah, it is. Okay, okay like, right now, I'll tell you this right now, the Athletics playoff probabilities, the Colorado Avalanche chance to win the Stanley Cup is at 40%. No, that's what I'm... Okay, okay, 40 makes sense. I thought you said... but So beforehand, it was 7. For the Golden Knights. The, oh, the Golden Knights. Okay, because I thought there's Colorado's, Colorado's got to be chance to win the Stanley Cup, is four, which is astronomical. This thing went into the playoffs with Colorado at 40 and the Knights at 7? No, no. Right now, it's oh, Colorado right now. at 40. I, was say it, I think it was 39. I think we went in at 39-7. Colorado wow. to win. That's Golden overwhelming. To win. Yes. And <laughs> just to give, like, the next best odds to win the Stanley Cup is Toronto, Toronto. at 17%. Which is more Boy. about well, Toronto's good, but it's more about Toronto being in the north and having to play nobody. You'll know to get this to the far more than I will. How accurate are these guys? Uh, Dom Lucision was the most accurate of the regular season for the second straight year. Of That's not all. good for there's the Knights. Like, there's like seven or eight guys who do like win probability of every game and all this stuff. And I know Dom has been two years in a row. He's been the most accurate That's of not like good for the, the Knights. No, it's not at all. Like, should we not have at talk all. to him? Before this thing started? <laughs> yeah, well, I asked him to come on the show tomorrow, so we'll see if he says yes to that. Wow. He, he, comes in, he comes on and just like, eesh. <laughs> That's all One, he says. Well, again, I'm more surprised. I've got to be honest with you. I'm I'm more surprised that going into it, they were only 7% to win the Cup. Yeah, it's really low. That, like, shocks me. That but, was, like, low given every, a lot of people. I think the books, they were among the favorites the whole well, year. Uh, but, well, except that, you know, Ryan Reeves has been hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's been out. Cody Glass can't stay in the lineup. Tomas Nosek was rusty. <laughs> Man, Colorado goalie. Talk about a prohibitive favorite after it's, one it's game. It's massive. Like, it's unbelievable. I know Dom was tweeting about how it's one of the biggest favorites that he's ever had with playoff probabilities and how ridiculous that every, like, the analytics think Colorado is unbelievably good. Like, one of the best teams ever played. Now, obviously, they got to beat up on a horrific division. Right. For the, for the entire right. year, and that's a big reason why. But they think this team is unbelievably good because it's it's almost laughable that a team would have a 40% chance to win the Stanley Cup while we're still in round one. Well, the next closest is what? 17%? Yes, 17%. It's like you're saying it's in almost, the same neighborhood. Yeah, it's almost same laughable world. how much difference that is, and that eats up a ton of the percentage because right. it goes right. 17 and then Tampa's at 12, and then Boston's at 7, Carolina and Vegas are at 5, oh. and those are your top teams. Minnesota's only at 2%. Like Minnesota's still below Vegas in terms of odds to win the Stanley Cup, so but they're but they're above them in to odds win the to win the series. And it's, it's all because of Colorado. Because if the Golden Knights play Colorado, that's going to be it. Won't be fifty fifty, but that'll be closer to a fifty fifty chance to win the series. If Minnesota, Minnesota's been awful against Colorado right. this year. It's it's bizarre that they've like Colorado has made Minnesota look like one of the terrible teams in the West, but Minnesota has destroyed the Golden Knights right. this year. It's bizarre and. 
The Golden Knights have played Colorado fine this year. Like they four, split, four, I they thought. split yeah. four, and yeah, I mean Colorado was probably the better team analytically in those eight games, but they they split the series. Right. Like it's not like Colorado embarrassed Vegas this year. So is it sort of like rock paper scissors? It kind of is, except the Golden Knights don't always beat Colorado. Colorado always beats Minnesota. Minnesota always beats Vegas, and Vegas sometimes beats Colorado. Okay, so it's sort of, sort of like back in the um, like mid. 2010s with the Patriots, uh, Steelers, and Chiefs, where for some reason the Chiefs could beat the Patriots, but the Patriots could beat the Steelers, and the Steelers could beat the Chiefs. Yeah. Well, to go back to your rock, paper, scissors argument, the Golden Knights are like one blade of the scissors. <laughs> so they can. What was Ben Go? So wait, you go like this, one, two, three, stabby. and only put one finger yeah, out? And so you can sometimes <laughs> hack away at the paper, but sometimes the paper's just too strong. Like if it's cardstock paper, you're not winning. This is our second, second stabby reference of the show. Yeah, we like to stab things around here. All right. Uh, by the way, congratulations to Sarah. No. I can't read this. Oh, congratulations to Jason. Sarah was our Sarah guest. Sarah was our guest. Jason Jesus. is the one that won. The two-foot sub from Porta Subs plus the Golden Knights hat and is qualified to win a pair of tickets to tonight's Golden Knights Wild Game, Game 2 of the playoffs. All of it brought to you by Porta Subs. If you're hungry, and we mean really, really hungry, get the taste you crave with a sliced fresh two-foot classic sub from Porta Subs, home of the two-foot sub. Bischoff's Briefs. Dude, I'm not going to cave in. End of story, dude. Bischoff's Briefs. Dude, 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 dude. Bischoff's Briefs. Dude. Bischoff's Briefs. I guess you've got a point there. All right, here we go. Bischoff's Briefs. Bang with the Golden Knights here. Game two is tonight. Here's a good thing about the Golden Knights. They don't have many losing streaks, like two-game losing streaks, which is technically a losing streak, even though nobody would actually think two games in a row is a losing streak. Uh, but thanks to a great regular season and a bad division, they rarely had them. Uh, this season, the Golden Knights had just three losing streaks. They lost back-to-back games to Colorado, which included the... Uh, Game in Tahoe, where the first period was played about six hours before the second and third periods. They lost back-to-back games in Minnesota, and they lost three in a row just one time. Uh, they were actually at home. They lost to the Kings once, and then Minnesota back-to-back at home. So if we go back to last season, Golden Knights had nine different losing streaks, but only one of those happened under Pete DeBoer. They lost uh, road games against Montreal and Boston. Those were his second and third games as the head coach. So in Pete DeBoer's time as head coach, the Golden Knights have only had four different losing streaks in the regular season and never had one more than three games. Three games is the longest losing streak they've ever had. That is phenomenal, by the way. Like, DeBoer hasn't been here that much. Doesn't it feel like, by the way, doesn't it feel like Pete DeBoer's been here forever? Yeah, absolutely. It <laughs> does. No, it does. It seems like he's been here a lot longer than... He even said that when I talked to him last week, because, you know, I've only been here this long. Right. He said that, and, I, and I'm like, yeah, like January of last year. Yeah. That's when he got hired. He hasn't... What? He hasn't coached 82 regular no. season games yet, because this year was shortened, and right. he took over and ended up only coaching, what, 19, 20 yeah, games? Yeah, because of the pandemic, yeah. Like, he hasn't coached 82 regular season games yet, and it feels like he's been here forever. Kind of bizarre. But again... Only four times if they had any losing streak whatsoever, and only one of those has been longer than two games, and it was only three. So this is a team that they don't really lose many games in a row. They bounce back pretty well. Uh, they've done that 
their entire existence, but since Pete DeBoer's taken over really well. The problem, though, is that of those four losing streaks, two of them have been the sole responsibility of the Minnesota Wild. This season, the Wild have beaten the Golden Knights back-to-back twice already. So a team that almost never loses games back-to-back has actually lost to Minnesota back-to-back twice is kind of bizarre. Now, if you look at the playoffs, last year, the Golden Knights had two losing streaks last year. They lost games five and six to Vancouver, where the Canucks were able to force a game seven thanks to Thatcher Demko, and they lost games three, four, and five to the Dallas Stars to get eliminated in five games in the Western Conference Final. So... What we're looking at now for the Golden Knights when we look at losing streaks, losing the first game to Minnesota means the Golden Knights have to go to Minnesota and win a game in this series, which is something the Golden Knights are 1-3-0 against or at Minnesota this year, and that one win was in overtime, and all time they're 2-6-0 against the Wild in Minnesota, one win in overtime, one win in a shootout. They have never gone to Minnesota and won a game in regulation. The only way true? they've won, the only way they've won in Minnesota has been overtime in a shootout. Three on three overtime in a shootout can't happen in the playoffs. They have never won a game in Minnesota that ended at five on five. I went to the games there in the first year because we went everywhere in the first year. I, I can't believe they haven't won a game yep. in regulation in Minnesota. Yeah, they lost. Because they, the with the scheduling, normally they only play either they play Minnesota right. three times a year in a normal year two and one. So, so right. some years they play two at home and one on the road, some two on the road, but two, six and oh, all time, wow. no wins in regulation against Minnesota. Wow. So you're saying they can't play in cold climates. That's yeah, a, it's I think a what good joke. I think what you're saying is don't go yeah. down two Oh, so <laughs> they, have, like they have to win one. They have to win yes. one game now in Minnesota. To. Now, if they lose tonight, the only way they win the series is by winning at least two games in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. They've only won two all time, neither in regulation. Man, if they lose amazing. tonight, I, I mean, the the odds aren't going to be 0%, but it's going to feel a hell of a lot like and their season is over. Minnesota has fans. Uh, I believe so. Okay. I don't right. know that for that sure. That makes but a, somewhat of a so. difference. Man. Better win tonight. <laughs> <laughs> those, are, those are pretty. That's pretty stark. Like facts, they're never. I look. It's only been four years. I get it in the bubble last year. That's so. It's not like thirty years, but they know it. I'm sure right. they've played. They have to game, know that eight games in Minnesota, and they've never won in regulation. Like that. Like this is an organization that, that this is the only team. This is the only team they've played like more than twice or something that they lose to on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Like they do not lose to teams on a regular basis that they play over and over. The everybody in the West, everybody else in the Central that they in the Western Conference when it's a normal year, they've had success against. Even Colorado this year, who is viewed as the best team in the sport, they won four games against Colorado this year. They they haven't done that against Minnesota. So it's like of all the matchups, it's the worst possible matchup, and they blew home ice in the first round. Like that's. That was like the most important thing going into the series was, hey, they got they got home ice. They can, they can beat Minnesota at home. Don't have to win in Minnesota if you right. take care of business. But they <laughs> lost game one. And so now you're looking at a game two where it it feels like the season is on the line. Like it feels like if they don't win this one, they got to go win games three and four more than likely in Minnesota. Like, like if they lose tonight, I think you're saying best case scenario is you only get one in Minnesota and you're down three to down one, three, one. and you're going back anyway. Yeah. So it's, they're in a tough spot. And if they, if they win tonight, 
You'll feel a whole lot better. They only need to get one in Minnesota. That's absolutely possible. There's no doubt this team is good enough, even though it's been a house of horrors for them before. You'll feel comfortable that you can get one. But if they lose tonight and you've got to win two games in Minnesota in this series, it's it's tough to imagine a team that's never done it in regulation doing it twice before this series is over. No. I mean, 3-1, you know you're going back. Even if it goes 6, you got to win tonight. I this is, I mean, it's not crazy because I think they're winning tonight. But I mean, it's even then though. You, like I said, even then you have to prove you can win there. So what you're saying is tonight is a must win. Nope, didn't say it. That those words must did wins not are when you're about to mouth. get eliminated. Yes, that's when you get eliminated. Yeah, the, the Pacers and uh, Bobcats, not Bobcats. Hornets are playing a must win game tonight. Those are the only people playing a must. Well, and the Aces. I will say the Aces are playing a must win game. <laughs> They lose tonight, they're dead. You they're have made the, the point that the Aces are more than a uh, must-win tonight than, than the actual uh, uh, Knights tonight. The, the Aces are. The Aces are more of a must-win than the Pacers and Hornets, too. Who's more in each other's heads, the Wild and the Knights or the Seattle t- uh, Seattle and, and the oh, Aces' heads? It's got to be Seattle, right? It's pretty close. It's got to be. Like, the it's Aces lost the finals to Seattle. Yeah. And the, Go- like, the Golden Knights have just lost a bunch of regular season games. They've never played them in the playoffs, where... Things are supposed to be different in the playoffs. God, the excuses. Yeah. The worst excuses were the ones the Aces used after they lost to Seattle talking about chemistry. Did you see those quotes? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which, by the way. No, you need some three-point shooters. By the way, I mean, I know Cam didn't play last year. Last year was you kind of throw it to the side just because of the craziness, but there's still a lot of people who've played together. What are you looking for chemistry for? Yeah, Jackie Young, well, Kelsey they, Plum, Age. I mean, uh, Age Wilson, Liz Cambage. I mean, it's kind of like, what chem? You, you don't have chemistry yet? You've been together so, for a while. Well, okay, but it's a process. First, you got to do things the right way. <laughs> then you got to build the culture. <laughs> oh, And so chemistry is always like the third thing, and so they're still working on that. I don't know what I laugh at more, momentum or culture. I love culture. It is the dumbest thing <laughs> that coaches say. When they get to a job, well, got to build the culture. It's also not using the word culture correctly. Yeah, it's just, yeah exactly. You know who has a good culture? Teams that win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. like teams that teams have a bad locker room. There's uh, there's a, a fissure in the locker room yes. when a team loses or gets eliminated from the playoffs. It's like you hear about locker room problems when a team gets eliminated. You never hear about locker room oh. problems from the team that won it. Did, Culture's the best. Did Seattle, the the Seahawks, win the Super Bowl. After Percy Harvin punched his own teammate in the There's face. There's culture. There's culture. But they won the Super Wait, Bowl. Wait, here's my question. If the Minnesota Wild, if they have become a legitimate playoff team because they healthy scratch Zach Parise, who do the Golden Knights need to healthy scratch to be a legitimate team? Scratch already? Uh, He's already scratched. And they lost. I'm trying to think. There's not really... The veteran that precedes because he's like 36. So I'm trying to think who. Flurry. It's the answer. What if the healthy scratch? It's the answer. Flurry tonight. Flower. That's the answer. (laughs) If they healthy scratch that guy. Oh, but I'm leaving the press. I'm leaving the press box. Logan Thompson on the bench is the backup. Oh, Oh, no. If Leonard, like they go, they, 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 they rattle off four straight with Leonard. How many people are going to be like, do you go back to Flurry in the second oh, round? Here? Absolutely. You know what would actually be fascinating? If they won tonight with Leonard, but won like 6-5. to five. Like, Leonard was clearly not good, but they won the game because the offense actually showed up. Because then he... you have 
Goalie he, played well but lost. Goalie yeah. played poorly but won. You have to go to Flurry at that point, but it'd be fascinating because Leonard won the game. The fascinating part to me will be Flurry tonight lose 2-1. Because again, you've lost two games. Ooh. You've lost two games. And I know he gave up six last time, but you've said all along, nope. And I think he has said this. He would be shocked if both don't play in the playoffs. He said that like a million times. Well, you're down 0-2. I don't care how the other guys played. If it is truly I have two number ones, I let's say it's two one. I they lose. I think Leonard starts in Minnesota. Because Again, I know I know you're what you're saying about like you have to start flurry tonight, but I think O2 it's easier to explain away starting line. We often see coaches make decisions on goalies that aren't because of the goalie's play. Like when a goalie gets pulled in a game when it's like 3 nothing in the first period, a lot of times it's because the team gave up 15 high danger chances right. in the first 5 minutes and the goalie gets pulled even though it's like, well, it's not really his fault. The other guy's not going to make those saves either. They kept but turning it over. Coaches often make goalie changes based on the way the other te- the other players are playing. So if they if they lose tonight, I think unless it's like one nothing overtime, then Leonard's going to start. I think Leonard starts almost no I matter do. what, just because. Well, we got to down 0-2. You got to shake things yeah, up, oh, shake man. things up, and yeah. even though it's not Flurry's fault, we got to change something. Right. Yeah, I think that's what happens. All right, coming up next, Jonathan Von Tobel joins the show. Who's this? You have to use the the Grover voice. That sounds like sounds like an excellent idea. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Joining us now is Jonathan Von Tobel. You can hear him on Cofield and Company in the afternoons. You can hear him on Vsin as well. Uh, do you want to talk about the NBA playoffs or something else? Uh, well, I, I do want to dive more into the psyche of Ed Greeny. And is it love or hate for Ricky Schroeder? I mean, it sounds like Ricky Schroeder took away a massive opportunity for Ed Greeny. And I would think it's even more massive because it could have meant that he never had to do a show with you, Tyler. It's massive. I'm going to only leave you with this. One, I had a shot at the role. The kid came in and cried on a dime like he had like squeezed onions in his eyes. I've never seen a kid cry like this. I was told, I wasn't in the room, I was told this guy could cry on a dime. Screw that guy. And the other thing about that guy is then he goes and just really dives the knife into the heart. Because one of my top three shows all time, without question, is NYPD Blue. Then this guy goes and gets to like one of the lead roles on that opposite Andy uh, Sipowicz. So I, I, when I saw that the other day, believe me, I was the happiest person in the world. And as disheveled as that guy looked, and he's completely out of his mind, by the way, with this Costco thing. So it gave me just a little, little happiness late in uh, the career there. So I don't, I don't want to take over your show, but Adam, I'm just curious. My last question on this, I swear. <laughs> is it to the point where, like, anything with Ricky Schroeder, you're like, turn it off, turn it off. No, get that guy out of here. Yes, he ruined my life. That, <laughs> he was in NYPD Blue, and this is going to sound really weird. I, didn't, I haven't even told these guys in the studios. My all-time goal in life, for whatever reason, I don't know why, was to live on a ranch in Montana. Guess where he lives? On a ranch in Montana. <laughs> this guy, my entire life, for whatever reason, unbeknownst to him, has taken the knife and just dug it into the heart over and over, and he doesn't even realize it. I love it. Are you Bill Foley? What is this ranch in Montana? I've always, I, that's, if you would have told me like at 18, what do you want to do? Live on a ranch in Montana? Why? I think it's when I uh, well, it was, it was later. I mean, I wanted to live in a ranch in Montana, but later in life when I saw Legends of the Fall, I had to live there. I had to live in Montana. Oh. <laughs> Have you ever been to Montana? Yes. Not on a ranch. <laughs> it's like it's overrated. It's overrated. Uh, <laughs> John, do you, have you ever been to Montana? Do you want to live on a ranch in Montana? Me? No. I've actually I've never been in a state that starts with the letter M, So, uh, and I have no desire to do so. All right. That's, that's a strange yeah, way to phrase a... that. But, uh, 
Okay. I don't have a list of states with names they or letter they start with that I have and have not been in. I mean, you're missing out. You're missing out big on Missouri. <laughs> right. Think about it. I mean, I think it's probably the worst of the states, right, in terms of letters. Montana, yes. Maine, Missouri. Oh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. It's what are we doing? Not a good, got a, not a good letter. Um, all right, the uh, NBA playoffs start today. So, general, in general, you like to play in games? Or you think these are unnecessary because we have to watch the Pacers play Charlotte? No, I actually, I really like it. Like, I think it does exacerbate the tanking teams to a certain extent, right? Like, you know, we saw an incredible amount of tanking, but the, the amount of teams is a lot lower. You know, the I don't know if you guys are familiar with what happened with Oklahoma City Thunder and their win total where they were three wins away from surpassing their win total with 25 games left to play, and they finished the season two and uh, 23, <laughs> I think it was, or two and 22, whatever they, whatever it was. Uh, so the tanking is going to get pretty bad, I think, for the teams that are at the very bottom. But, you know, you've seen teams really push for this, right? You saw the war, the Wizards go 17-7 and seven in their last 24 games. You saw the Pacers still try to fight to get in. Uh, you saw Steph Curry, despite Draymond Green vocally saying he didn't want to participate in it, say, no, we're going to do it. I'm going to average 40 points a game so we can get there. So I think ultimately it's worth it. Cause, and, you know, we have to watch Hornets and Pacers later today. Uh, Karis LeVert's not going to play. It was just announced. But... We also get LeBron versus Steph in like a winner and not really go home, but with some weight to it. So I, I really like it, I think, for the most part. I have no idea, and you can shoot this down immediately, why I thought this, and I don't think they'd ever lose on purpose. Why do I think the Lakers, if they had to choose one, would choose playing Utah over Phoenix? I, I think I, I would shoot it down a little bit, Ed, because I think they want Phoenix. I think okay. when you look at Utah, I think the one thing that is going to be a problem for them is the way that Utah plays offensively. You know, this is a team that plays like 2021 basketball. Like over 40% of their attempts come from beyond the arc. They shoot over 40% from beyond the arc as a team. They are loaded with catch and shoot three point shooters. And the Lakers can't really shoot. So, like, if you're the Los Angeles Lakers, every single one of those games is we have to hold this team down on a night to night basis offensively. And it's just not really going to be the case. Like, at some point, you're going to have to keep up with them. And I don't think they have the horses to do so. And I think they want Phoenix for multiple reasons. I think they match up well. I don't think Phoenix has multiple options for them, right? There's no real big, big defensive wing that can handle LeBron James. I think DeAndre Aiden gets eaten for lunch, I think, if it's going to be a AD at the five type of lineup there. But I also think, quietly, since the All-Star break, Phoenix 20th in defensive efficiency in the league. Over the last 13 games, they're 26th in defensive efficiency. They, they've gotten progressively worse on the defensive end. And I think the... The Suns don't want any part of the Los Angeles Lakers. I think out of all these matchups they could have drawn, like think about that. Cool, we worked as hard as we possibly could. We got the two seed, and now we have to face LeBron James and the Lakers, who are a matchup nightmare for us. I think they want Phoenix as opposed to the Utah Jets. So I've officially changed my mind on that, Tyler, and I think the Lakers <laughs> want the uh, Phoenix Suns. And you can't be open to new information. <laughs> I, I, I want to change my mind immediately. Um, okay, could the Warriors beat the Suns in a series? Yeah, I think they could. Like, I think it's really hard. Like. The problem with that, Tyler, is it's best of seven, right? Like, if we're talking about, you know, a, a shorter series, it's obviously much more realistic. The problem with Golden State and, like, what they've been doing, right? If you guys remember, and Steph's been awesome, but he had that 18-game stretch where he was averaging, like, 40 points per game. You know, he was hitting everything. He was hitting seven three-point attempts per game. But even over that stretch of games, they were 18th in offensive efficiency. Like, everything around Steph is still really poor offensively. And so if we're talking, like, a best of five, you could potentially steal a series from a team like Phoenix, who, as I mentioned, has really kind of struggled on the author of the defensive end. And on the offensive end, it's like a mid-range team, really thrives in that area, and Golden State quietly has been a top-ten defensive team. 
But now if we're talking about a best of seven, that obviously gets a lot harder, right? That adds to the amount of games you have to win with an offense that without Steph Curry on the floor is averaging less than a point per possession. And so while I think, like, they'd be a good bet on team, I think they'd cover a lot of those numbers. I think it'd be a very feisty series. I just don't know if they have the horses to take four of seven from a team like Phoenix. It's really tough given what they have on the offensive end. Clippers to win the title. And totally in. They, okay. they, I, so I, they were they, like a month ago, Ed, they were my pick to do it. Like in the second half, I don't think there's been a team that's been better than them. You know, from a record perspective, they have the second best record in the league. But from an offensive perspective, all year long, they are the best three point shooting team in terms of percentage, right? They don't take as many threes as the Utah Jazz, but they shoot a better clip. They have, in the second half, regressed positively. I guess that's not the proper term, but they have regressed positively on de- on defense. You know, if you looked in the first half, guys, one of my favorite stats was before the All-Star break, the Clippers actually ranked third in terms of frequency of tightly contested shots, but they were 27th in opponents shooting on those shots. So, in other words, they were getting their spots, they were contesting shots, they just kept falling. That's regressed positively for them to the point where now they're a top-five team. So your top-five offense, your top-five defense, you have two elite wing players. You have the best defender or two-way player potentially in Kawhi Leonard. This team is, I think, peaking at the right time. And I think, to a certain extent, last year kind of helps, right? You know, you go through everything. You get rid of guys like Montrezl Harrell, who didn't really want to be a part of everything you were building. You bring in a Rajon Rondo to help you with your issue at true point guard. I like everything they, they bring to the table. So, like, they're my pick to make it to the NBA Finals and win it. In the East, assuming we get uh, the Bucks and Nets in the second round, I fully expect the Nets to have an unbelievable offense, but can they actually guard Giannis with like Blake Griffin for significant parts of a game? I'd probably not, right? But you could also maybe go one of those strategies, like anecdotally, like let the guy eat and just make sure nobody else does anything, right? Like I think really though, Tyler, what it comes down to is you, you kind of hit on it. Brooklyn's going to be so good offensively with all three of these guys on the floor that it's not going to matter if they're going to put up defensive ratings of like 117, 118 on a night-to-night basis because their offensive rating is going to be like 128, 130. And like they're going to be able to do whatever they want on that end of the floor. I mean, you can look at those two games right that they played a couple of weeks ago against Milwaukee. One of them is a three-point game where if Harden's on the floor, it's a completely different outcome. Right? Those are two really tight games that they played without arguably their second-best player on the floor. They're going to be a different level. And I do think like there is something to the strategy of, okay, build the wall, right, that you talk about with Giannis, where it's just, hey, let's play three guys across. Anytime he wants to come into the paint, we're just going to all collapse in, and he's got to either kick it out or he's going to try to do a stupid left-right spin move and try to finish. And ultimately that leads to some really disjointed offensive possession. He'll probably be able to overcome that given what the Nets have defensively. But other times it's going to help. And so I think just from that perspective, there's a lot that Brooklyn can do. And, you know, Basically, if you look at some of their lineups out there, you know, from a matchup perspective, it's going to go hard. To, it's going to be hard to go small against Milwaukee. But their small ball lineups with Blake Griffin and Jeff Green at center have actually put up defensive ratings of like 109 and 110 over large sample sizes of possessions. So they're not like as poor defensively as we really keep berating them for. So I think really it's about even if Giannis eats. What about the other guys in the lineup? And I think you can do enough there defensively, and you're so good offensively that you can overcome it. Sure, Giannis can average 30 points a game. Congratulations, you'll lose the series in six. If the Nets build a wall, do the Bucks have to pay for it? Well, I think they pay for it with the loss, don't they? <laughs> yes, they would. Um, all right, give me, uh, give me as succinct of a breakdown as you can on what the hell happened to the Boston Celtics this year. So I think there's a couple of things. I think it starts with Danny H. Doesn't know how to build a roster. 
a lot of six, seven wings and nothing really else. So that's going to be a big problem. And there's just not like a lot of depth. Like outside of that, like if you take any one of these two guys out of a lineup, there's really nothing going on. Peyton Pritchard's an awesome guy. He's performing admirably, but there's really nothing in terms of their bench. You know, this is another season where they're bottom 20s in bench scoring. So I think if we're doing it quickly, those are the top two things at the top of the list. Not that Brad Stevens can't coach anymore. He still can. I think those are the two things, and they all point back to Ainge in the front office. Do they have any chance, if, assuming they get out of the play-in round, do they have any chance of winning a series? Not really. Like, if it had felt a little differently for them, like, I actually, I was ready to bet on them against Milwaukee, right? You know, one of the things that Milwaukee has irritated me, they're, like, I think they're 25th right now at the end of the regular season in opponent three-point shooting, 24th in corner three-point shooting, 21st in above-the-break three-point shooting. Like, it's been a problem for them the last three years. That's an offense that can, or that's a defense that Boston can exploit. You know, they split two games a couple months ago. They covered every game against Milwaukee. They've been a pain in the ass against Milwaukee. That's a series they could win, but they're not going to get that. And so that's the problem for them. So if it had broken properly for them, I would say yes, but it didn't break properly for them. Obviously, you're in deep on the NBA, but have you looked up in the last week at, during a game and gone, who the hell is Josh Hall? <laughs> I have a couple of times, especially when you look at like like games like those Thunder games and everything like that. Like every once in a while, you find yourself watching those, and you're like, like who's this? Like there's, they got this kid from UCLA that you know had like 40 rebounds in one of those, one of those games. Like it was absolutely ridiculous. So I will say, uh, shockingly, oh, I don't know every player that has ever played an NBA game this year. <laughs> uh, did you know who Charlie Brown Jr. was? <laughs> No, who okay. is that? Uh, he He's on off, some team. He came off the bench for the Thunder yeah. in, the, in the last game of the season and played like well, 30 minutes. That's why the greatest thing in the world, and that's why I want the Clippers to win it all, is what they did in the final uh, few games, <laughs> especially against the Thunder, which was just glorious, where they just sat everyone and said, we are not going to play the Lakers until the Western Conference Final, so we are going to lose to Charlie Brown. <laughs> Or yes. also giving minutes to a guy named Jay Scrub, right? Like that's the, the, the ultimate, that is the ultimate form of guy thinking. named Scrub. Who uh, is a Scrub? Well, he is Jonathan Von Tolba. Are you on Cofield today? Uh, no, I am not. I am back on on Thursday. Okay. Cool. So here I'm on Cofield and Company on Thursday. We appreciate it, JVT. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. Oh, Charlie Brown. Uh, the uh, Clippers also played a guy named Daniel Oturu for thirty plus minutes in their last game of the no season. No chance. <laughs> and I watch a ton of Clippers. I don't know who that is. Who's uh, he, Jonathan Otura? He uh, was a second-round pick in the 2020 draft out of Minnesota. There's, it's always fun whenever you see a number that you're like, what? Like, you just are literally like, who's 37? Yeah, I mean, no idea. That's great. I watch a ton of I don't. I don't. The games I've watched, they've actually tried to win, so I don't think John Otura's been in the game. <laughs> Jay Scrub and Daniel Oturo. Oturo? Oturo. <laughs> Played 36 and 37 Wait, minutes. In no, but Kennard went for 41 minutes. And Luke, well, that was the game before. Okay, Luke that was, Kennard, the, that was he got the tanking a, before. He got they a break and only played yeah. 30. Okay. They, you All have right. to give him a night off. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Luke Kennard cannot play 41 every night. Here's the Patrick Patterson, who well, well, we've okay. heard of. That's a legit. He played 42 minutes in the last game, but only had 10 points and 6 rebounds. Okay, but Patrick Patterson, other than Kennard, is a lot more legit than those other Yes, dudes. you've actually heard of that one before. <laughs> yes. Absolutely, no doubt about it. But yes. All right, coming up next. I don't know what's coming up We have up no next. idea. Our stats hogwash. Are you tired of hearing Tyler do math on the radio? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678. Way. I'll tell you what I would really love to do, just in general. And I've talked to Sheila about this. I, I don't think we're going to be able to do it, but I would love to literally just have a pet lion 
just a legit pet line on a chain, a big ass chain. And he just, he really is my pet. We just walk around the building. We go out to practice. We're in seven on seven. We're behind the kicker when he's kicking. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. I didn't hear the kicker part the first time. That was Dan Campbell, who is the head coach of the Lions. Um, <laughs> you lie up for a kick and you just have something like a lion. Would he compromise if we him. could find the Houston Tiger? Or does it have to be a lion because he's the Lions? That's a good, that's a we, good give him a, we give him a tiger and so he can walk now, around down. <laughs> we'll give him a tiger. We'll paint it. We'll just paint yeah, it, just like, paint it, it like a lion. lion. Yeah. So now we're going to find out about the exotic animal underground in Detroit. And somebody who owns a lion is going to be calling up Dan Campbell, being like, well, if you want one. I mean, am I going to get in trouble if the odds are bigger in Detroit that there's animals running around there than Houston? Am I, is that, should we, we seven-second delay that one? Well, yeah. Okay, I think if they had an actual lion, that might be better than the team, though, right? Well, it's more interesting just than just a team. One, no, like, just one lion would score more points this year than the Lions' offense. I just want to see Jared Goff when he comes on for the first day of practice as a Lions. Like, boy, I really am not an M. I, I really did get traded to some stupid place. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think that. I, it's Jared, L.A. though. Jared Who knows Goff, what he saw yeah, out there? Yeah, Jared Goff seems like a nice boy, but yeah. I think I don't think he's. I don't think he's. You know, acing the wonderlick. Who's got a better chance? Uh, to be a better NFL coach, the weirdo who wants people to bite kneecaps and wants a lion, or Urban Meyer, the weirdo that wants to bite. Yeah, kneecaps he's got and, he's got a better staff. A yeah, <laughs> he he hasn't had any staffing issues thus far. Okay, he didn't sign no, I mean, Tim I, Tebow. Could be right. Technically, Urban Meyer hasn't signed Tim Tebow yet either. But no, lot of they're waiting until after June first, yeah. so that way <laughs> the money we salary coming. cap. <laughs> I'm gonna. It'd be interesting. I'm gonna be interested to see if Urban. Uh, like I said, I don't. I, I, we, there was a story on the uh, Twitter yesterday, which actually was a good story in terms of defining the hate of Tim Debo and why it's out there. And it's like, I, you know, there's been stories written in the past. This is a really good story. Like, what's the point or why hate? Why did people hate this guy so much? But there's pressure and things. I wonder if Urban Meyer like relents to that pressure and says, "Hey, Tim, we can't do this." I don't I know. Urban's like, pretty. I, Urban's pretty. You know, set in his I was ways. Say, I feel everything. like he'd be the one that says, "Oh, they hate him. Let's give him more money." Yeah, I mean, like that's the Urban, reason. Yeah, the reason he hasn't signed yet is because Urban's gone back with a raise for Tebow <laughs> just for being hated. That's that's what I assume has happened here. Con right now asking his like board of directors, "We made the right choice yeah. here, huh? Is this Wait. guy? Is he supposed to be the guy? He's our highest paid <laughs> player <laughs> to do what? Uh, Mentor the tight ends? What's that guy's name? Chris Manhurts? They're they're yeah. oh oh." O'Shaughnessy or something? Those are their two tight ends. O'Shaughnessy's still in the league. Never heard of him. I assume there's he more could than be one. though, because Lawrence oh. is locked into whatever the one guy gets. Like he can't. Yeah, he, oh, he, he's going to get Lawrence. what he gets. That's what it's already locked in. How so. much do they give Marvin Jones? I think that was their big free agent signing of the offseason. This is going to be bad. Yeah. I think he's going to be really bad. We and have. I'm going to love every bit of it. We have at least one listener that's a Jaguars fan. Yeah, he keeps tweeting. He tweets at me every time we talk about the Jaguars. He keeps telling me that they live rent free in my head, which apparently they do. Uh, yeah, we, we, we talk about them a lot. We keep the talking about them. Perplexing, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you keep talking about them. I am fascinated by them. They're an interesting team. Oh, I, not only because Lawrence, I'm going to watch him just because of Meyer to see if he can coach in that level. I, like, I'm actually interested in them. It's like the Raiders, not good, but interesting. Trade wreck.